So we're here with uh, episode two of Does It Hold Up, the uh, podcast that we review movies from a ways back, and we try to determine whether or not they are actually uh, worth a, a rewatch here 30, 40 years later. We'll see how we feel about it. Today we're going to talk about interspace. I'm here with my brother, as always, Matt. How are you? Hello, I'm I am well. Good, good. And we Thank are talking you. about interspace. Yes, interspace. The uh, uh, the fun loving movie from 1987. Yes, where a man got stranded. Honestly, it felt like Honey I Shrunk the Kids meets Top Gun. So <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty good comparison, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go once again like Labyrinth. I'm gonna go ahead and just say spoiler right away uh it holds up i uh to me at least that's my view i really enjoyed this movie i'm so i'm so glad on episode two we have a disagreement because i don't i don't know really i don't know that it holds up i'm interested so let's let's uh let's see i may be uh in my head too much on this one uh (laughs) and it may be a memory like a faulty memory we'll get into it so but before we get into it matt as always, give us a rundown what this movie is in a nutshell. Go for it. Okay. Um, basically, Inner Space is sort of a takeoff of Fantastic Voyage, which is uh, an old movie from the 60s about scientists getting shrunk down and uh, sent into the a human body. Um, and in this version, Dennis Quaid is this sort of hotshot pilot um, it's kind of a, a rogue. In fact, it's actually stated in the movie that um, he let me let me find this. Uh, he hates authority. He can't take orders, and he likes to make up his own rules. So you know he's one of those guys. Um, and he volunteers himself as uh, to be the test subject in this experiment, where he will be shrunken down and injected into a bunny rabbit, um, just because because they can do it. I guess I don't know what. I I don't know exactly what this is going to accomplish, but that's the goal. And needless to say, uh, things don't go as planned, Jeff. And uh, he ends up being injected through a series of circumstances. Uh, He ends up being injected into Martin Short, who is a, a, maybe the most neurotic man ever to live, um, who is a cashier at a grocery store and not someone who was prepared for the situation at all, and hilarity and antics and action and adventure ensue. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair uh, uh, recap of it, and uh, I think you hit right on the uh, the, the point that, that hung me up on this movie, and it's when you said, I don't know what the point of the experiment was, and I couldn't get past a lot of that. It, we were at all points. I felt like there were characters being introduced, and yeah. there were uh, directions that the movie was taking that um, that came out of nowhere, and uh, mm. and I had no clue why, and uh, was following, trying to follow. Like why why is that happening now? Who is that person? I felt like there were like ten villains. Uh, in it, at, I couldn't tell which one was supposed to be the 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 actual villain uh, in this whole thing. 
Um, right. But, uh, you know, and I, and, and I think that the other part of this that, that I struggled with was the, the age at which I watched it. I don't think when we first mm-hmm. watched this, when we were kids, mm-hmm. that I realized it was a comedy. Like, I think, <laughs> seriously, like, I mean, I was six, I don't know how old I was. The movie's 88. I was born in 83. So I know I didn't see it at five. I don't know when I saw it, but it, I don't know that I realized it was a comedy or so much of a comedy. I mean, like, this is like slapstick, like over the top comedy. And I think that I may be a victim of my own expectations walking into this thinking that. You thought, you thought it was going to be like a straight up serious no i knew it was a comedy because martin short's in it i mean i've never seen a martin short's never done a dramatic role so i i don't you know i didn't expect terms of endearment here but uh i i yeah um is it terms or tears i can't which one is it sure terms, terms. Yeah, i got it right all right tears tears of endearment would be a, i don't know what that would be it's a made-up movie well term um, yeah okay anyway no explain it to me because i'm the i'm the <laughs> I'm the novice here. What, so terms, of en- what terms of endearment? You want me to explain terms of endearment? No, but you, I said tears of endearment, and you you said, well, that would be well, as if there's another movie that I'm not aware of. Well, no, I mean, I mean, just tears of endearment is not really a thing. said. You yeah, know, whereas terms of endearment is a pretty frequently used term, phrase. Okay. You know? Point taken. Um, that's all I meant. Okay. Um, Continue. So, yeah, I, I don't know if the, the victim, I, I don't know if my expectations... I. Again, I knew it was a comedy. This felt like almost Hot Shots Part Two, uh, you know, level comedy where it was just like everything. Like, and I guess I wasn't prepared for it, so I wasn't walking into it thinking like, "Okay, this is going to be totally off the wall and uh, things are going to go." But then again, what I don't know what I'm talking about. I described it as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids meets Top Gun, so that should have clued me in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I gotta. I think it as far as like popcorn movies go, like this is the way it should should be done. I think. I think this one, Joe Dante, is directed by Joe Dante, who did Gremlins oh, and okay. Explorers, The Howling, and but he's he is. I think he does a great job. I think for me, with a lot of big like sort of genre movies, the the bummer about a lot of them is that oftentimes they can be missed opportunities like they have a really the filmmaker takes a really great concept but doesn't explore it to its full potential and then it can be disappointing but in this case i think he crushed it i think they like there were no missed opportunities in this movie they took this concept and went as far as you can go in 1987 with it and i really admired that and i think um and I don't know, I just, I liked, I thought they did a good job of balancing the tone of just, of making it fun. And especially as far as like 80s, these type of movies go, I, I thought it was super entertaining and I thought it really delivered. It delivers on its premise really well. And it's just, there were a couple, couple scenes in particular where I was just genuinely like really entertained and excited well, by give it. Me, and, give me one of those examples because I, I uh, that well, didn't, it didn't scene- happen for me, but. Well, one of the scenes, the scene when when Martin Short is in the the, the truck, and he ends, you know he opens the door and he's hanging off the door of the truck, yes. and and Meg Ryan and Meg Ryan's in the car next to him. That whole scene was I thought pretty awesome and pretty well done. Um, 
I will uh, say and, this. Well, and we talked about this in Labyrinth, which is, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in other movies, which is that, yeah. you know, the 80s and 90s, because of the lack of special effects, because you couldn't do it with CGI, there's a lot yeah. of real-life stunt work that's yes. done that is really, really good. And I will agree, like the car chase, not just that that particular scene off the back, but the the chase scene where you have the uh the people have been shrunk which yeah. i cringed i cringed yeah. cuz i didn't remember this part of it and i was like oh my god if they bring out some little people here this is going to go I, way down in my book but see uh, i got the okay i'm for real the funniest the funniest moment the moment i laughed at the hardest is when the little guy is upside down in Martin Short's lap in yes. the car with his little feet kicking. Yes. And that, fu- oh, I fucking lost it. When that <laughs> yeah, but, oh my God. But are you that laughing was... at the, are you laughing well, at Well, it's obviously ridiculous. Yes. That's a good, that's, yes. This is an example yes. of them taking it to its full potential. It's like, you know, like they're not content to just shrink a guy and put him in Martin Short. They also, you know, shrink the henchman and send him in after Dennis Quaid. They shrink the bad guys to half their size. You know, and it's just I they do face changing and all, you know, there's yes. so much stuff. Yes, there. the face changing. With, with, I mean, I feel like we should dedicate like two hours to talking about the cowboy. Yes, because yes, we I have mean, to talk about the cowboy because that is not ooh. not just not just uh, I don't even know where to begin. I yeah. Is same. he Hispanic? I'm, I'm OK. Is he this supposed was, to be I, Hispanic? I decided I decided sometimes he sounded like. <laughs> sometimes he sounded like desi arnaz yes and then other times he inexplicably sounded also russian yes yes so i, I don't Ro- get it he was play- robert ricardo who maybe played he's him, cuban I, I, he could be a cuban cubans like I, maybe, communist yeah, maybe hispanic that's... maybe right in that russian era yes but not but not that way but no it's more like vladimir sanchez is kind of the character I, that he had. Yeah. <laughs> yes i think that's his actual name i i yeah i was baffled by by that character and performance, but I enjoyed it so much. I didn't really, I ignored the anything problematic because he's clearly not American, but it, Robert Ricardo does not look ethnic in any way, No, but they also didn't to their credit. They didn't do like a, you know, a horribly offensive, like brown face or something. Yes. Yes. He but, just um, looks like he was in a tanning bed for like, for <laughs> a couple hours. Yeah. So yeah, that was a man. Yeah, that was a big swing they took well, with that character. Okay, sure. but then okay, so and this is so again, uh the first half of the movie, I'm thinking this does not hold up. And I as I said, <laughs> I couldn't get through it all in one setting. I I literally it, watched wow. 1 hour of it. I'm genuinely I'm genuinely surprised by this. Okay, well, I watched 1 hour of it. And then was like, okay, I'll pick this up tomorrow. And then the second hour, the second hour of it, it started to dawn on me that this was supposed to be completely ridiculous. Like that, that, because it, then it just started to pile on top of one another. The henchman getting like put into, I don't know what he's, he's in like a lobster type. Yeah, uh, I know. You mean Mr. Igo? Yeah. (laughs) Mr. What? Mr. Igo. Oh, I. Or yes. he has the, the, the he has a detachable hand that yes. has all kinds. Yes, like a Swiss I said, Army hands. I wrote down in my notes when I when he first came on the scene. I said he's a cross between Terminator and the Cobra Kai Sensei from Karate Kid. <laughs> yes, like, like I feel like yes. he's he's walking around 
with this kind of the glasses and like this mechanical arm and yep. then but at the same time he's got this 1980s kind of haircut and <laughs> i just feel like he's like going to tell some 16 year old kid to sweep the leg any at any moment yeah yeah he definitely feels like a a, a like a rejected bond villain yes <laughs> or like a bond, or a bond henchman more like um, yeah. And so I started to look at it, and the other thing is, and the reason why I said that it felt like a almost like a Hot Shots thing is that I looked it up, and it did come on, out slightly after uh, Top Gun came out. And right. Because I, I felt right. like Dennis Quaid's character, which, by the way, his name is... Tuck Pendleton? Tuck Pendleton, which, I mean, <laughs> I should have gotten the, the memo right then with that casting name. I mean, that's just an absurdly ridiculous name. Um, well, to be fair, Martin Short's name is Jack Putter, so <laughs> so yeah. Um, but... <laughs> there's a yeah. The names. I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking at the names in this, and yeah, there's Tuck Pendleton, Jack Putter, Victor Scrimshaw, Margaret Kanker, <laughs> Mister Wormwood, Ozzie Wexler. There's some, and the cowboy. You know, the so. cowboy who never gets named. It's yeah. just the cowboy. No, no, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that I I started thinking I'm like, wow, this is is. Dennis Quaid playing a spoof of Maverick. I mean, like, is he because play- he's playing it so? I don't know. It's like that kind of like you. You read the description of the character, which is he, you know, makes yeah. up his own rules and does this whole thing. Yeah. It's just like. So I obviously didn't get the memo. I'm having more fun. I'm just be honest. I'm having more fun talking to you about it than I am than I did watching it. Um, wow. So shocked. I mean, because I guess I thought Dennis Quaid, like, first of all, I was like, wow, Dennis Quaid was like a hunk back then, man. Like, he's a good looking guy. I forgot. Like, I, I look, I, I haven't seen movies in a long time. I told my sister in laws that we were doing Inner Space, and the first thing that came out of their mouths is that they said, Dennis Quaid at his hottest. That's what they said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and that's one of the things I liked about it because I thought the movie does a good job of setting up um, him as like the, the hero, you know, like the sort of you know, kind of irascible, like tough guy, hot shot sort of guy um, who's kind of a blowhard, but, but has a heart of gold ultimately. And um, then, but, but I think that the central concept that I, that I think is cool about it is that they're taking the sort of movie star male lead, typical hero guy and putting him, sticking him inside this little capsule for the entire movie and having Martin Short be the action hero. I like that idea a lot. And right. they really did a good job of exploring that. And like the whole, and I think the movie has a good, a good story arc where it's kind of about Martin short overcoming his neuroses and kind of standing up for himself. And like, you know, and the movie I think finds a lot of really kind of inventive ways to explore that theme. And I think it, and it does a good, but it doesn't take it too seriously, but it also like, it pays off and it works as a, as a story, as an arc, you know, and I thought that was pretty well done. Well, and I think, I think you're right. I think it does. I think the arc was there for me. It just, I felt like, I felt like they could have taken more time to develop it. I just felt like they tried to fit so much in. Yeah, there is a lot. It's packed. It's it is jammed damn. packed with stuff. I mean, by the time I got to the, you know, our mark, I'm like, Oh, we got to be getting close to the end, and then I'm like, "Oh, we got a whole another." I'm like, "What the heck else was going to happen in this movie?" I mean, it's been just <laughs> moving, and I yeah. just felt like, you know, you're right. They th- that arc is there, um, you know, the kind of 
suave, tough guy that gets to talk to the nervous person. That's kind of like that. Um, what was that movie with Steve Martin, Roxanne? He has the long nose, and he's like he ends Rock- up Roxanne. Okay, yeah, and they and he does this where he's woos helps this character kind of talk, and that's a classic kind of story motif where it's like the the you know somebody who can helps, and in this case, that person's literally inside them, um, yeah. telling them what to do, and so. Right. Um, yeah, I see it. It's all there. I just felt like there was moments where like they could have leaned in on some of that to develop it better to mm. to make it seem that way. Like I didn't realize that arc, um the Martin Short gaining confidence arc until mm. he punches the guy in the stair and and wow, that far. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I saw I it, like to me, it was just there was so that's that, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's when I was like, "Oh, look, he's 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 got some confidence now." That's a little yeah. different. I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It didn't. I didn't see that because I got so distracted by so many of the other. The right there is a, yeah. There's a lot plot going lines on. that I mean, are going on here. I mean, I, I got. I'll be honest with you. When all of a sudden the uh, the the gentrified all white suited bad guy came into play out of seemingly out of nowhere. I have like this guy, I thought the, the woman bad right. scientist was the bad it was person. Like super horny for some yes! reason. I don't know. Right. Thank like, you. I don't like, again, I, not explained. I wrote <laughs> not, not explained. This is the, the, the key to this is again, I read a quote from Dennis Quaid and he said he loved the movie, but he goes, it's a check your brain at the door movie. Don't think it overthink yeah. it. And I did not yeah. check my brain at the door. I was <laughs> overthinking this hard. Cause I'm like, at every moment I'm like, why, what is this? What is going on here? Yeah, no, I don't think it's not. Yeah. It's not a, uh, there's no logic involved here. It's, it's a genre movie. It's a popcorn movie, but, and I do like that this movie takes, the correct route, which is to not try to explain the technology yeah. because like, you know, cause like back to the future, you know, brilliantly, it's just the flux capacitor. That's it. Like that is, he literally says, this is what makes time travel possible. And 11 We're not point, tell you what it is. And 11 We're not going to tell you how gigawatts. it works. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- that's what makes it work. And this one, it's just, I love it. Cause there's a scene. It's when Dennis Quaid is like getting into the capsule in the beginning. Yes. And, and he's explaining the, it off scene, but you can't hear the it. Tech, it's amazing, and it's just, and it's all just techno jargon, which I love. I love in movies. I love the milliwatts, kilowatts jargon. I had, but I had to write. There's one line just to kind of give you a sense of it. At one point, he says, "This is done in a Palmer Perkin chamber, which is constructed from a Van de Graaff generator coupled with what would be a common home carpet sweeper," <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Common yeah. carpet sweeper. Well, that at was that the other... point. I was like, "Oh, they're just making up words." Yes, like whatever. Yeah. Just throw it in there. Yeah, well, see, yeah, and I think that's the correct choice because it's you know, it, it, and that really it kind of sets the tone for the movie. Like it's that kind of movie. Like like Dennis Quaid said, "Leave your brain at the door." Like we're just just take just just trust us. Like we can shrink people. Don't bother trying to figure out how we did it you know it, it he's get just you know without it we wouldn't have a movie so that's right. that's why he gets so evidently so i did some research and evidently this movie was in the works for a while and the original thought on this movie was that they wanted michael j fox to play the mm. tug tuck 
uh, character, right. and they wanted him to be yeah. in the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was the original yeah. <laughs> concept, which is, I find that That's... interesting to like think about all these movies. What could have been the alternative, and what that movie would have looked like? I think right. that movie is not a comedy. No, no. And I, see, I, well, first of all, I mean, I want to see a movie with Michael J. Fox and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm sad that that didn't happen. But, um, uh, but yeah, that to me, that's that is not the way to go because I think the way they flipped it with this one was that's how you do it. Like you put the action hero, you shrink him and put him inside the nerd and have the nerd be become the action hero. Like right. that is that's a great. Like I was also reading that apparent like. Um, they said the the kind of basic concept in the writing of it was what would happen if uh, we shrank Dean Martin and injected him inside Jerry Lewis. Right. So like that's the kind of basic idea, which is like that's already kind of a fun idea because otherwise it's just it would just be some big action. I don't I don't trying understand to, what it would even be. Yeah, if it's that way, it's the action hero trying to ignore the annoying voice in his head, which doesn't. Yeah. Which action heroes are always ignoring the annoying people all around them, so it doesn't really change yeah. anything but having somebody in their head trying to push them forward i agree that you're right that is the correct move to do yeah i do want to talk about this the, at, at some point again sticking to their guns here on we're not going to explain anything the switching bodies through saliva mm. oh and the most gross thing by the way to oh. find <laughs> like there's a lot of scenes here in this movie that are just yeah. genuinely kind of ugh. but the one that <laughs> yeah. is the one that made me like go, I don't know that I want to keep watching this was when he needed to get a drink and like he's like tell and he tells Martin Short to drink the liquor and yes. he just puts out a flask in his throat. Yes. Ugh. I I am like genuinely <laughs> like and then he gets it inside and he just Tuck is just <laughs> thrilled by it. He I, there is no there is no worry whatsoever of uh, what he's yeah. like. Talk about I, like, I, I, uh, oh my I didn't, god! Ugh, I didn't think about that, but that's just gross. I didn't. I didn't like the. What I didn't like was the the claws of the yes. pod scraping along the mucus and viscera <laughs> yes. of side Martin Short. That grossed me out. Oh my that, god! And also, and the eyeball thing when he shoots the freaking probe into his yes. eyeball and I eyeballs i can't like that was oh. i didn't like that because i feel like what he would be blind wouldn't he like, I, yes he is not that small the, by yeah, the way I, so, point of fact here like they don't explain yeah. yet again another ex explanation he is visible yeah. to the naked eye like right they just get up close and they go oh there he is sometimes he's not yes. evidently sometimes he's microscopic yes. but but the, his when, size fluctuates when yeah. it's convenient for the film he's exactly he's visible to the naked eye and i just want to yeah. point out a, a thing that that large in this case yeah inside your body and by the way yeah. they never explain he's in the heart chamber at one point and lasers yeah. opened the heart to escape <laughs> He's lasering left. He's left lasering right. Scraping with his claws. Internal like, bleeding. I mean, Martin Short should be internally bleeding. Everywhere. He is just, <laughs> he has been injured constantly. He should be bruised. There should be hematoma <laughs> all over his body because of what this guy has done to oh, him. Oh, God. There's no explanation. It's like, oh, that's fine. He just cut open the stomach lining 
to get out. Oh, no problem. All that acid. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not going to be a problem. Um, yeah. And, but again, I have to say when I'm watching it, that happens. And I just kind of, I go with it. Cause it's, you know, I, and I have to say, because like, there's a body, there's a, there's a probe that is floating and flying around in someone's body. So it's like you've suspended yeah, reality. You enough believe, at this yes, point. If you can, if you can believe that you can buy everything else, but I will say the special effects were freaking awesome. It won an Oscar. Like, it did. It did very deservedly. So the way, cause the way they had to create all these different parts of the human body. And I'm imagining like how they did it. And what, like, that was like, really, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Like with the effects in this, I thought. Oh no. And I agree. I, it should have won a, a, it, it deservedly won the special effects Oscar for, for the work that they did here. It was, yeah. Again, in the same vein that we're we've continually talked about, which is you're in that time period of mid '80s to mid '90s yes. where you have just enough technology to do some really cool things, but not enough to abandon the like real full size set kind of creation yeah. to make it work. And I think that is like the sweet spot of of special effects. Yeah. And and this one hits. Because yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of like the CG version of those scenes, and it would be so. It would lose something for sure. Like those, like all that stuff inside of Martin Short's body is just so like inventive, and so like uh, it's just. I thought that was just really cool, and it's and that's kind of one of the things I like about it. It's it's kind of like it's a bunch of movies kind of mashed together in one because there's because like that whole section is like its own whole movie, all the inside the body stuff. But then there's also this the stuff that's happening outside with Martin Short, and that stuff is also really I thought entertaining and engaging, and I thought like. That's pretty impressive that they there's like a lot going on, but I think Joe Dante did a good job of like balancing it all and just making it a really fun, entertaining kind of ride all together. Yeah, I think it, and I I think you're right on that. I think that I think one of the things that they said. So in terms of box office success, you know, it didn't have as much of success. I mean, it it the budget on the movie was 27 million. It grossed worldwide 45 million. So it it was yeah. a, a winner in terms of 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 that metric, but it made a profit. It made a profit, but the, um, but they said that it didn't really do all that well with critics and it didn't do necessarily all that well with fans. And they blamed a lot of it. And I agree on the title and the marketing of it. I don't really understand why it's called inner space. Really? Well, what, why I do you, it's, it's like, well, cause it's like inside the human body is kind of like outer space. Basically, it's like Dennis Quaid is an astronaut exploring space, but it's in inner, it's inside a body. So it's, I don't know. I think that I think it's actually a good title, personally. Yeah. All right. Well, again, we disagree We're, on this movie. We're disagreeing a lot. We don't normally disagree this hard, but I'm. I'm no, and I didn't. I'm surprised. I have to say. Although I'm, I'm going to tell, talking with you is making me like the movie more. But I guess maybe it's in my head. I'm enjoying. Well, the I discussion also, more. I also, I mean, I will say one of the things that was so great about watching this movie was just remembering how fucking amazing Martin short is <laughs> and how much I love him. Yes. Like he, so God, I just, I forget this is him in his prime. And like, he is just, the physical comedy is so amazing. He's just so like effortlessly likable and, and funny. Just like, I, he think I think he does a really uh, good job. I enjoyed his parts probably the most of yeah. of the movie which is good because he's in pretty much all of it you know the other thing i thought meg ryan oh my god who's, yeah, who's we haven't great even and talked about meg ryan is in this movie 
Yeah, Meg Ryan's in this movie, and and again, another Top Gun reference. I mean, oh my like God. I That's look right. at I'm, she's Goose's wife in Top Gun, and then the next year she's now Tuck's steady girl in this in yeah. this particular uh, and then they movie. Married in real life, too, which okay, but the... let's get back to the yes. And Dennis Quaid meets Meg Ryan, and they get married in real life. So yeah, so evidently the chemistry there was 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 real. Um, yeah. I do want to say like just another kind of thing where they clearly just don't really care about the continuity of the movie. And I, and clearly mm. I'm overthinking it and brought my brain to the <laughs> building. Um, but at one point the, the, his friend, and I can't remember the character's name, the, the, the large black guy. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I think was it Pete? Pete. Yeah. He, he Pete. ends up saying at one point they overhear him say, Oh, just let Tuck die. And yeah. we'll get the thing yeah. back, right? That and Tuck yeah. hears this. They hear this, yes. and then at the end of the movie, he's there at their wedding. And I'm yeah. like, what? I would never talk to that guy. Like again. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wait, wait a second here, man. That's a friendship ending decision conversation. Yes, I swear. There. Like I'm sitting there going, like, well, what is going I on guess, here? I guess we're supposed to, because I guess eventually he Pete becomes involved in like the chase to save him. So I guess. Which where did he come from? I don't remember. He was, uh, How did he find he out to become in, involved in the chase? I don't remember. Like it felt like he came out of nowhere and he was like, "I'm here to help." And he, uh, I can't remember. I think um, doesn't matter. Shit, I, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But I think we're meant to believe that he redeems himself by putting his life at risk to save Dennis Quaid. So okay. like that makes up for like I know I said I was going to let you die, bro, but in the end I saved your life. So. We're, we're even and can you lexi and i had uh, a dis, uh, disagreement here on the time frame so the beginning of the movie tuck goes in makes a fool out of himself gets drunk right meg ryan leaves right in the dramatic drive off and then there's yeah. the you know let's show dennis quaid's ass for the masses oh, right yeah that goes off yeah. then they cut and it's been some time later how much time yeah. did they say had passed? I oh, did they say they did? There is a screenshot, oh, and it says right. this many months later. How many months that's, later did it say? I don't. Hang on, I have it because I remember one, and Lexi remembers I, one, and I if I'm right, there's a huge plot hole in this. Uh, but but I, is this, does this involve the pregnancy? Yes, of Meg Ryan. Yes. I think it That's says six point. months later. I never thought about that. I think it says wow. six months later, and then he's in there, and there's this little baby being grown, and I'm like, well, it's clearly not Tux. I mean, it was yeah. like she's not showing at all. Like, and, right. they they, and then they get married, which presumably they planned an entire massive wedding, by the way, <laughs> at a place, and yeah, and then where's again, this, she she, baby? Yeah. she has a baby. And she's, they're she has, going she's, off, not to mention, she's that, not showing at all, <laughs> not, not to mention. Yes. Not to, yes. She's not showing at all. Six months. She would be <laughs> clearly showing, but then they've planned yeah. a wedding and yes. got married at a venue yeah. with things and sure. rice and the whole thing. And it, those of us who have weddings, no, it, it takes time to plan those things. And it's like, she's still not showing. So I mean, yeah, I, that's a good point. The I brain, didn't think about brain it. didn't 
I mean, my brain has been firmly planted on my skull for this entire movie, which I realized should not be there. But that when I saw the baby, I'm like, well, I mean, why they might have taken about it. Yeah, they might have gone a step too far with with that. No, oh, so it, it wasn't the face changing that that somehow <laughs> yeah, he can yeah, no, just no, not no. Somehow not. he can he they can blend and he looks like the yeah, cowboy. that's totally normal. That was... That's totally normal. But yeah, no. <laughs> Hang on, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling up that that part right now that says how long it was because I want to see this. Two months later. Two months. Okay. Two months. All right. Okay. So there's a so little okay. bit of an issue. Let's with... just say the wedding. The wedding was just. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the shotgun the, wedding uh... immediately. She had the dress ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Hey, we've got to suspend a lot, so we're going to go ahead and, and keep doing it. And then, uh, my wife, being a speech language pathologist, wanted me to just mm-hmm. so that everyone knows when Tuck is in Martin Short's ear. Uh huh. And then he. Martin Short and Meg Ryan kiss. Mm. My wife says that from the inner ear, it drains through the eustachian tubes to an opening at the where the nasal cavity meets the top of the throat, at ah. which point Martin Short would have had to clear a loogie <laughs> and spit it into her mouth, her mouth for that ah. to happen. <laughs> So yeah, that was <laughs> that was a little like that was yeah that was she pretty... said because my wife said well it can <laughs> get it, it she goes it could happen but it doesn't drain into the mouth it drains into the back <laughs> of the throat and you would have to clear your throat like you were hawking a loogie and yeah why didn't would, they do that. Well, yeah. That what could be more romantic for for <laughs> for Martin Short and Meg Ryan to to really cement their. Uh, their relationship which by the way does meg ryan like him like i'm that again is another point of this that i'm really confused like meg ryan at some point meg ryan like this character i'm sorry this is again my brain was firmly on my skull meg ryan finds out that tuck is inside martin short and it's like she immediately thinks that martin short is tuck like it's like she just immediately is like he's immediately attracted to her to her because Tuck is inside her. Tuck is inside Martin Short. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start making out with Martin Short because Tuck happens to be inside it. Like I was like, where are you what like what are you not understanding? This is a complicated thruple for sure. (laughs) Um I don't know how they're gonna make that work. But yeah, I mean I think it's meant to, you know, she because in the end, you know, like she kisses him, but then it look gives him that look like, Oh, I know you love me, but but I don't love you. Right. And he's like I know. Right. And then she runs off in the sunset. And that's what's going to be. It's just going to be, uh, he's going to love her from afar forever. And, uh, and it'll just be unrequited, I guess. But, um, but yeah, it was, yeah, that got kind of dicey for a minute. Yeah. But it, but again, we're, we're letting a lot go here. Uh, yeah. and, uh, that's you know, so, um, I so- did like, um, so there's a whole scene in the movie, the character of Ozzy, who is this, is the scientist who, um, He's the one who's heading the uh, the operation, the experiment, and he's the one who who manages to get Dennis Quaid and his little syringe away from the bad guys okay. and into Martin Short. And like, there's a whole part of the movie I did like. The, there's a whole part of the movie where this like nerdy scientist becomes like an action hero. Oh my God, like, yes, I was just about to say scene. he. It was kind of like um, it reminded me of Jason Lee and Enemy of the State. It was that kind of a thing. Um, but uh, then 
but who Ozzy, by the way, played by John Hora, who is a actually not an actor, but a cinematographer. He actually shot Gremlins and a bunch of Joe, Joe Dante's movies. Oh, really? Um, although not this one, because I guess he was trying to segue into acting. Um, but uh, I don't know if that worked out for him, but he's good in this movie. Um, but I did this. OK, so the scene there's two things. The scene in the mall when uh, he injects Martin Short, first of all, that was like for a hypochondriac. Can you imagine? Yeah. What if if somebody if some strange person injected you with a <laughs> syringe in a lab coat who's that, just been shot? Like, I think in reality, Martin Short would have like had a heart attack, or he would have gone into he would have gone into cardiac arrest from shock. Right. Because that is like literally, I feel like a hypochondriac's worst nightmare. Oh my god! Yes. Like, I mean, that terrifies me. I can't imagine for someone like him what that must have been like. And yet, he's able to go to work afterwards, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, also, I there's something in this movie, and that is a is a trope. I don't know if it's a trope of the '80s. I don't think it's specific to that time, but it's something that I've seen in other movies too, which is baffling to me. And that is nuns walking around in public places, just what? anywhere. Because at one point in this movie, there is a man dressed as a penguin selling balloons yes. to two nuns in a mall. <laughs> and we're not in we're not sorry. in Italy. We're not in some small provincial town. When where was the abbey. last time you saw a nun anywhere outside of a church? I've never seen a Let nun. Alone the not, mall. Definitely not in America. I've never seen a no. nun. No, they're not. I mean, they're not regularly in, walking around in the full habit and everything. Like, it's, I mean, and 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 balloons. Like, yeah, who I, sells I balloons? In the, I again, by that. I I did not catch the nun. Uh, I see that was the most unbelievable thing in the movie to me. <laughs> That was the time I was like, no, bullshit, that can't happen. That that's, wouldn't have happened. That's, there's no way that nun would have been there. All this other stuff could have happened, no. but the nun thing. No, nuns, nuns don't buy balloons. No, that's not. Buy that doesn't happen. Um, that's where I checked out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The one thing that I did, one of the jokes that they did, which I thought I was so happy they paid it off, was at the mm. beginning of the movie, there's this unnecessary robot usage of putting the chips into oh. the into the computer the microchips into the chips which yes. are not micro they're these large you know look like bottle cap sized things that they got right. and cufflink yeah cufflink sized things and this robot picks it picks this thing up and the two scientists are standing like <laughs> ear to nose like right at it and <laughs> yeah. It takes three and a half minutes for this <laughs> robot to put this chip in while they just stand there and watch this robot do it. It's not in a yeah. glass case. It is they can touch everything that's going on here. Right. And I wrote down in my in my notes, I wrote down unnecessary robot usage. What the fuck is this robot yeah. doing? Like it's not necessary. And I'm thinking that, this is stupid. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie. <laughs> they started the robot starts to do it and the scientist goes oh shit and picks it up and just sticks it in there. This. we don't have time for yeah. this and sticks it in and i'm like yeah, yes. actually they did it twice because there was that moment and yeah. then there was the moment when martin short is like chasing him with his hand and he's like drop it and it, yeah. which yes. is really funny yes 
Yeah. Yeah, that, so, no, that was great. I like that. So I'm glad that they yeah, paid they, off that particular slapstick yes. kind of humor. They waited two hours to 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 drop that <laughs> joke, but it was like thank I was like, thank God you see it too. It wasn't yeah. it was a conscious decision that that's stupid. And that's when yes, again yeah. I'm starting to realize at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is all just this yeah. is all just a big farce. It's see, like just completely they knew what they were doing. They yeah. knew it was all stupid. And they're except like, for the nuns in the mall, they knew what they were doing. Except for the nuns, which uh, and what? Oh, oh, by the way, when the when the mm-hmm. horny bad scientist came in, yes, right, yes. What is she? I wrote down human exterminators because they walked in with what the looked like, ca- yeah, the spray cans, the spray cans, and they yes. just spray people on the head, and it they all I, fall. And the great thing is, everyone falls. This is a gas, I presume, that has been sprayed into the area. Everyone falls down, like, presumably unconscious, and then they immediately yeah. take off all their gas masks. And they're right. just like, oh, we're fine now. And and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, you guys just sprayed everyone. Like, what is this stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, that's also uh, improbability. <laughs> I did enjoy, I really, every time one of those scientists got zapped in the face and they immediately fell down, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I did that like immediately. See, I, think I don't know you what went into it. Was. You went into it with the right frame of mind. I did not go into this, and again, I think it's because the age I watched it, some of that didn't seem so absurd. You know, like right. as a if you're eight years old or seven years old watching that, like yeah. there's a lot that you can be like, oh, okay, uh, you know, you can buy that. As an adult, I'm watching it. I was like, you're like, yeah. this makes no sense. But clearly, yeah. They, well, they're, yeah, they're they're ba- it's basically like taking you know like a kind of '50s '60s B movie sci-fi idea and making it for a modern or at the time you know modern '80s version of it. So it's still it's like using this you know special effects new technology, but it still has the kind of over the top sort of exaggerated quality of those like B movies. All right. Well, so it sounds like our uh, our assessment here of this movie is. Uh is mixed. Although I will say you've brought me along to maybe saying that it holds up. I, I, yeah, I think at some point you should give it another shot and just, you know, cause, cause this is also, you know, Steven Spielberg produced it. This is, this is, you know, one of the Amblin movies from that era. So this is like, along with like, you know, the Goonies and um, Harry and the Hendersons and Back to the Future. Like, the, you know, this was like the that kind of sweet spot of those mid-80s Amblin movies. This was one of those. And I think um, and it has that, that, that same quality that those movies have. I think it's like, I found it to be like, you know, above average type, kind of popcorn type movies. I thought, or, you know, a, a slightly above average, you know, I thought uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I, I'm going to. I'm going to stay with my I don't know that it 100% holds up but I'm going to say that it I'm going to reconsider it. I may rewatch it with with my brain firmly in another room and see if I yeah. can just accept all the uh all the things that are going on. All right, what are we doing next? Next. Well, next we're going to take a bit of a a bit of a hard turn here from uh fantasy and science fiction and we're going to go to some serious uh biographical drama with uh the classic rob cohen film dragon the bruce lee story Hmm. 
which is um, which is a movie from our youth that I remember watching many times, and and my memory of it, which I believe is the same as yours, was that it was amazing. Yes, I, yes, it, it was amazing. But then you know, then again, Matt, you got to remember you when the age we were and the type of movie fans we were. There were very few movies that I watched from a kid that <laughs> that came away. I went, ah, that was disappointing. I kind of liked everything, yeah. so. All of this, is really, this whole exercise of us saying it doesn't hold up is really just ruining my childhood a little bit if it doesn't. <laughs> so that's the only, it's not going to be like, oh, that's great. It, I hated that movie. Now yeah. I love it. I don't think that's going to be the, the outcome. The whole point, we're destroying our childhood so we can grow up and move on. Exactly. So one movie at a time. One movie um, at a time. But all right, so that's the next episode. But So uh, we'll call it call it quits for this one. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Does It Hold Up? Thanks, Matt. All right. Yeah, thank you. See you, man. See you next time.